Welcome to the Ram Iyer Podcast with your host, Ram Iyer, thought leader, author, keynote speaker, workshop leader, and mentor. Listen to his engaging conversations with experts from across the world and his personal insights that will help you create a better life, become more successful, and achieve your personal greatness. Now, here's Ram! Welcome to Business Thinking Radio. I'm Ram Iyer, your host and president of the Business Thinking Institute in Princeton. Today we have, you're in for a treat. Um, you are going to be meeting and uh, listening to the closest to a professional networker you'll ever meet. Uh, Jay Allen is the CEO of CXO.org out of Denver, Colorado. He was named the most connected man in Colorado. He will tell you how to get the network with the people you want, how to manage the network, and then how to leverage it. Jay, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here, Ram. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So, so what, what does a professional networker do, and how did you become a master networker? <laughs> well, uh, it wasn't my intent to set out to become a master networker. It, uh it really stemmed from my own frustration in uh, being a salesperson and, and cold calling and, uh, and hating cold calling and uh, just being, a, would say, an average salesperson. I, I wasn't that good at it, and I, I needed to figure out a better way to, uh, to make a living. I, I started doing things uh, kind of in an untraditional way, and I struck on some things that worked so incredibly well that weren't in any book that I read that uh, I kept doing them, and it, uh, it really changed the direction of my career. Hmm, hmm. And what, what is it that you found? What, what, is it, uh, what is the secret, if you will, to becoming a master networker? The, the secret I stumbled on is that high-level executives, influential people, struggle with networking. <laughs> and, uh, well, and essentially what I became... Networking. They struggle with networking. And essentially what I became for them was uh, a personal networking assistant uh, where I would help, help figure out who they needed to meet and would help introduce them to those people. And, uh, and it, it grew my network of influential people exponentially, um, immediately, and, uh, and allowed me access to virtually any influential pe- person I wanted. And so the key to... Becoming a professional networker is to become a facilitator for the people that you want to network with. Yeah, really helping them solve the problem that they have. I, I, uh, you know, when I stumbled on this, I was having lunch with a group of executives I knew, just asking their advice on how I should, you know, how to go about it, where they went to network, you know, so that I could go there and meet other influential people. And they kind of chuckled and said. Uh, you know, we hate networking. You know, when we go to a networking mm. event, 80% of the people in the room just want something from us. And so <laughs> we don't go anymore. And, uh, and it frustrates them because they know they need to grow their network of other influential people. They just don't have any efficient way to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in fact, one of them made this statement that I will always remember. He said, uh, it's really two problems, Jay. It's, uh, the first problem is, if I made a list of 50 people I really needed to know in town and then went to the networking events that were available to me, 
I'd probably never meet those 50 people. And the second problem is... Oh, because they never came to those events. Yeah, because they don't go to those events either. (laughs) And, uh, And the second problem is I have no idea who should be on the list of the 50 people I really needed to know in town. And, uh, and, and that's when it occurred to me, you know what, maybe I'll, uh, I'll figure out who they need to know and, uh, and just introduce them. Well, and, uh, two, you yeah. brought up two issues. One is you don't know this person, right? Let's say, let's say it's a guy, right. John. You right. don't know John, and uh, unless you find out who John wants to meet, you can't really help John. And then two, what makes you the expert in knowing who John needs to meet? <laughs> That's a good question. I'll tell you who John needs to meet. Uh, if I need to meet John, I'll make, an, I'll make a list of 10 people I need to meet, and those are in all likelihood the people that John needs to meet too because uh, they'll all have similar, similar characteristics. So essentially what I did, when I, when I first started this, uh, I picked a list of 10 executives I had never been able to get a meeting with. Mm-hmm. Uh, had never been able to get past our admin. In, in some cases, two years I've tried. Um, I picked 10 of these executives, and I called them all and said, uh, hey, these nine other executives uh, are grabbing lunch and wanted to know if you were available to join them. Uh, but everyone's just paying for their own meal. This isn't a sponsored event. And they said, no, who's coming? And I'm just paying for my own lunch. And all 10 of them showed up for the lunch to meet each other. And that, that blew me away. That was my first kind of try at this. And mm. I was so astounded by the result of uh, 10 people I had never been able to, to meet all coming to have lunch with me. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. now, the pretenses were a little uh, uh, fuzzy, but in reality, that's what we achieved at the lunch. They met each other. We spent the whole lunch, uh, them getting to know each other and, uh, and me getting to know them. We didn't, I didn't try and sell them anything. I was just there to build a relationship and help them to uh, build relationships with each other. Hmm. See, what, one key thing you're pointing out, Jay, is you, you didn't say, I, you know, the secret to good networking is go to a networking event XXX, whatever that is. You're basically right. creating your own networking event. Yeah, I abandoned the traditional networking model completely. Um, if you think about it, it's really a model of, uh, of hope. You go to an event and you hope somebody you need to meet shows up and you hope you run into them. I've heard it called the theory of random collisions. And the, and the person who gave me the theory of random collisions was telling me what a good idea it is because you never know who you're going to meet. And, uh, and I thought, wow, that's, that's a strategy I hope. I don't know if I, I – I, I mean, it probably works once in a while, but uh, – But that's not a strategy, count on. No, <laughs> it isn't. So uh, – for the last 17 years, I make a list of people I need to meet because I know what I'm trying to accomplish personally or professionally, and I call them all up and offer to introduce them to each other, and they all show up. And so every networking event I go to is just a room full of people I know I need to meet, and those are the only people that are there. And uh, I tell you what, it, it helped my career skyrocket. Wow. So, so I guess, see, I guess the simple thing that comes to mind is something I, I wrote a while ago. In business as in life, if you always follow the herd, you will end up nowhere special, someplace ordinary, and always average. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true. So if you, if you simply go to a networking event, uh, you don't know who you're going to meet. But what you're saying is, if I have clarity in my mind of who I want to meet, 
those are those people will implicitly want to meet each other and by inviting right. them all into a room one they get to meet each other and two i get to meet each of these people that i want to meet yep i'll give i'll give you a couple of examples um i had a guy at church come up to me and said hey uh, jay you know a lot of people uh I want to change my career and become a commodity trader. Um, Mm -hmm. What networking events should I go to to uh, meet other commodity traders and and learn from them? And I said, man, I don't know any commodity traders actually off the top of my head, and I have no idea what event you would go to to do that. But I made a recommendation. I said, do some research and find the 10 most successful uh, commodity traders in Colorado. Um, and then call them up and uh, invite them to lunch to meet each other. And, uh, and then you know, go to that lunch and help them meet each other and develop relationships and see if they'll help you. And so he, he took that on. He did the hard work to research uh, and find the commodity traders in town that, uh, that were well-known or successful and invited them to lunch to meet each other. And virtually every one of them showed up at the lunch. And he helped them, uh, you know, get to know each other. And, uh, and like five of them offered to be his mentor. And, uh, and, and his career took off. And, and that was just from one lunch he put together. Um, had he tried to do this going to other networking events, it would have taken him. He, he probably would have never accomplished it, quite honestly. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Because, see, these are people, I mean, it meets the criteria you mentioned earlier, which is, these are people he wanted to meet, and these are people who wanted to meet each other as well. Yep. Um, there's one, one elephant in the room, though. So you call up and say, I'm Jay, and I'm trying to get together all the commodity traders. The natural question is, who the hell are you? I don't know you. <laughs> right. You know, and you've got you've to gotta come up with an answer for that before you go to these lunches. Uh, you know, there's several uh, ways you can approach this. I approached it by forming a shell company <laughs> called mm-hmm. CEO Networking. That was the first one I did. And, uh, and I was the executive director. And I said, uh, you know, I, I do this in my spare time. Uh, you know, the role I play is helping influential people in town uh, meet each other and, and build relationships with each other. And, you know, they were okay with that. They, you know, uh, you know I, I have other business interests, you know, I told them. But, uh, you know, this is what I do for fun. And they were fine with that. I mean, the, the fact that I was helping them meet uh, some people they needed to meet, you know, over an informal lunch, um, they didn't ask too many questions. Um, you can be a student uh, or an entrepreneur. You can be, you know, the one thing you, can't, you don't want to be is uh, I'm a consultant or I'm a uh, salesperson. You might be a consultant or a salesperson, but you need to come up with another title. I have a friend who uh, is... Uh, in financial services, and uh, but he he joined the board of the Association for Corporate Growth as a membership director, and so when he does these lunches, he introduces himself as the membership membership director for the Association for Corporate Growth. You know, when he gives him a business card, though, it's it's his financial services business card, but he doesn't talk, he doesn't uh-huh. mention that in the lunch. You know, it's uh, the whole the whole objective here is to build a relationship with these individuals before you talk business. And so having another title you can use for these lunches is, uh, is valuable. Mm-hmm. And once you do this, how have you been building relationships with these people? How do you, how do you well, manage it? Th- that's a good question. And it goes to kind of 
the foundational thing you got to do when you're when you're doing this. There's there's really three skills one has to develop, and few people develop all three of these skills because it's. Uh, I mean, you have to think about it this way. It's networking is not one activity; it's three separate activities that you have to master. Hmm. Um, one is building your network of the right people, and that means sitting down and saying, okay, what do I want to accomplish personally or professionally, and who are the individuals that can best help me achieve that? And then uh, strategically going out and, and meeting these people by introducing them to each other. That's mm-hmm. just the build function. You know, how do I build my network? At the so right so if you're not clear about who you need to network with, I guess anybody will do. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. It, it actually uh, takes uh, some thought to sit down and say, what do I want to achieve? And, and it could be beyond the boundaries of a current job I have even. You know, what do I want to achieve personally or professionally in the long term? Uh-huh. And who are the individuals that can best help me do that? So I, I would not even narrowly say, I'm a salesperson, who do I want to sell to? That, I mean, that's one category of people, but uh-huh. uh, you need to think a little bigger than that as well. And then, uh, and then really, you know, go out and help these people meet each other as a way to develop relationships with them and, and do favors for them and, and build trust over time. Um, so, so when you invite them to the first lunch meeting, say, for example, right? So the first mm-hmm. time it's a novelty, they come, they want to meet each other. What keeps them coming back? Do you, do you do these periodically, I presume, right? I do about five a month right now. <laughs> So, yeah, I I do them periodically. (laughs) What keeps them coming back is that there's different people every time they show up. What's nice for them is all they have to do is show up and buy their own lunch. They're going to do that anyway every day. You know, so I'm not uh, asking them to do anything different than they already do. But what they like is every time they show up for lunch, there's a new group of people that – that they really need to know in town that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm filling the room with senior officers of major companies, heads of private equity and venture capital, political leaders, uh, university leaders. I, I might have uh, someone from the bachelorette, the uh, uh, rear admiral in the Navy who flew space shuttle Columbia. You know, I'm, I'm filling the room with just fascinating people that they're not going to run into in the normal networking events in town. So, so here's a logical question that pops to my mind. You know, the moment people know, I mean, you've been doing this for years in Denver, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the financial advisors, people who sell insurance, the sales guys are all going to call you up and say, hey, Jay, I'd love to come to your lunch meeting. What do you say to them? I say, uh, great. Um, here's the requirement. You have to be a C-level executive of at least a $100 million company. So uh-huh. tell me about yourself. <laughs> and, uh, and they kind of hem and haw, and then they disqualify themselves. I don't need to say anything. <laughs> oh, so you, you yeah. set a threshold of revenue that excludes all the junior salespeople. Yeah, what, what I did is I, my policy is set the bar high and then make exceptions when you need to make exceptions. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I'll, I'll tell you something else I do. One of my five lunches each month, is just my what I call my open networking lunch. Sure. And so the salespeople that call me that don't qualify for uh, to be in a oh, CSO you invite them lunch, there. Okay. <laughs> I invite them to that lunch. So, so literally I say yes to everybody. It's just a matter of which lunch they're coming to. They're, so if they I mean, say, I want to come to the one on the 22nd, I heard you're getting the CFOs together, you tell right. them, if you're the CFO of a 100 million plus company, 
uh, would love to be have the you. right group for you. <laughs> Please tell me about yourself. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and, and the reality is, everybody is valuable, and you really need to know that in your core. So, even the salesperson calling me to sell me something and wanting to meet with me, um, I tell him yes, but I give him and the other salespeople that called me all the same date, time, and place. And, uh, and I may have 15 of them show up at my open networking lunch. But I've developed great friendships. And sometimes you know, their father happens to be the CEO of some big company in town. And so uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you don't want to turn those people away. Yeah, you, you want to be able but, to but say you know, yes But if to you did that to me, Jay, that would bruise my ego. You know, I thought I was having one-on-one lunch with Jay. And I come well, there I, and there are 15 other people. I, I, do, I do tell them that. I, I say, hey, I'm getting together with some other executives for lunch. You should join us. It would give us a chance to meet, uh-huh. and I can introduce you to them as well. And so uh, uh, they, they kind of come knowing it's, there's going to be more than one person. No, no, that's that me. In my opinion, everyone should have at least an open networking lunch every month at some restaurant because – you do get calls from salespeople. You get calls from all kinds of people saying, hey, we should grab coffee. Hey, we should grab lunch. And there's a lot more value in getting them together for that activity than doing it one-on-one with all of them, unless there's a specific deal you're trying to close. That would be the Absolutely. exception where I would take a one-on-one meeting. You see, I get two kinds of calls. One is, gee, you know a lot of people. I, wanna, I want you to introduce me to them, Right. Yep. which is, I'm sure, the kind of call you get. And, and the second thing is they want, me to, they want to pick my brain. Right. And they say, oh, you've talked to so many people. Can we have lunch? And uh, they want those consulting would, for $12. Those would come to my, uh, my open networking lunch. Here's what happens. If I take one-on-one meetings with all those people, then the only person that can solve their problem is me. When I put them all in a room together, an uh-huh. interesting thing happens. They solve each other's problems. <laughs> and uh-huh. I often walk out of that meeting scot-free. I don't have to do anything. They all got what they wanted. They all got the uh, key thing they wanted from me, but they got it from somebody else in the room. And uh, I end up with no action <laughs> items out of it, but with all the credit for help, having solved their problems. So, 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 so the key here is you do not turn anybody down. You just direct them to the correct meeting. Right. Yeah, to really be a networking fanatic like I am, um, you don't say no to anybody, uh, but you have the right venue for them and for you to you know, make sure that uh, everything's appropriate. And is there a particular driving distance that people seem to be willing to uh, do in order to come to a meeting? In other words, like 10-mile radius or 20-mile radius? For, for some people it is. You know, uh, here in Colorado, we've got several kind of centers of business that are separated from each other. Mm-hmm. And I will, uh, I'll move my lunches around to kind of accommodate uh, different people at different times. You know, you, you're going to have to do that. But uh, uh, for, for many people, I mean, they'll make the drive, you know, if they think it's valuable enough. But, uh, but it doesn't hurt to move, move things around just to make it convenient for people. And then, you know, the third part comes the, the most important thing. So now you've uh, provided value to them by, you know, helping them to meet each other and you nurture the relationship over a period of time, right? I, I presume yes. you get to know each other, find out what their interests are, etc. How do you get to the final thing, if you will, you know, that a salesperson is thinking about or you want to close a deal with them or you want to approach them for a deal? How do you monetize that? How do you leverage that relationship? 
You know, that's the big question. Um, I became a networking expert, and I was going broke. <laughs> because I figured out how to build my network of the right people. I, fi- I figured out how to manage that network over time and continue to build value. But I hadn't figured out how to leverage those relationships into value. And I learned an important lesson from uh, actually a friend of mine. had nothing to do with business. I had uh, a friend call me up and, and say he was uh, moving to a new home in town and, and was wondering mm-hmm. if I could help him uh, with the move. And so I showed up. And uh, and spent uh, half my Saturday, you know, loading trucks and moving his piano and uh, and things like that. And and we had a conversation afterwards. And I realized that my helping him actually built, you know, strengthened my relationship with him. You know, we became closer through that interaction. And I thought about the whole kind of tit for de- tit for tat thought process mm-hmm. that salespeople mm-hmm. have. Okay, I did you a favor. Now you owe me something. You know. Mm. And, uh, and I thought, this is just the opposite of that. You know, he asked me for help. I helped him. And instead of taking away from our, res- our relationship, it augmented our relationship. And I realized well, because that... Because you're willing to do, because you're willing to give. Because, it, yeah, because it's, it's a friend helping a friend. And so when you serve a friend, the relationship grows instead of uh, in a traditional sales relationship where, okay, I did you a favor, you know, I, I, I made a withdrawal, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. from the relationship. And, uh, and it occurred to me that I had done the groundwork to actually build real friendships and relationships with these influential people. And me asking them for help in, from a sales perspective really shouldn't withdraw from the relationship. It should strengthen the relationship, uh, you know, them serving and, and helping me. And so I, I tested that, and, uh, and it proved to be exactly what uh, I believed it would be. I, I, selling in a uh, sales relationship um, is hard because it's awkward. Everyone's walls are up. You know, uh, they're going to discount what you say because they, they believe you're going to exaggerate the fact. Selling in a friendship is very much the opposite. Walls are down. They're looking for ways to help you. Uh, they trust what you're saying, and you're being more realistic about the capabilities of your product because you're talking to a friend. And, uh, and, and ultimately, they're going to help you in any way they can to introduce you to the right people inside the company if they're not the right person, to, uh, to be honest with you about whether there's a fit, and if there is, uh, to uh, champion you in the process. Selling to friends is a whole different uh, process. And, and takes uh, a somewhat different approach. And once I learned that, I realized that I could call any of these people and ask their advice on you know, how to uh, sell into their organizations, and they would give mm-hmm. me their advice and it would help me. And you wouldn't misuse it? No, no. You, yeah, yeah. yeah you, at the end of the day, the relationship will exist whether they buy your product or not. And, and once they know that, then the selling process is really easy because <laughs> they're, they're not worried about hurting your feelings. You're not worried about it being awkward for them. It's just two friends helping each other. See, two things come to mind, Jay. One is if I was a salesperson listening to you, right? Yep. I'm, if I'm looking for a formula on how to snare people and sell to them, this is not a right. good formula for that. No, no. This will never work for someone like that. Uh, some of that personality will never build the trust needed to uh, make a process like this work. 
See, because they're quickly, they're hit and run. See, then let me ask you another question. You did mention earlier that at one point you were the most networked guy in the state of Colorado, but you're probably one of the poorest guys in the state of Colorado because <laughs> you hadn't figured out how to monetize it, right? Right, right. When you're in that kind of a situation where, oh my gosh, I need to monetize, I need to make a sale, I need to make my bogey for this quarter, this month, whatever. Yep. How do I need to be thinking in order to use this process that you laid out? I was, what was holding me back was my own head. I was afraid to ask for business uh, for fear that I would harm the relationship. And, uh, and that's why I shared the story I shared with you. Because once I realized that a friend, that me asking for help from a friend, if they helped me, that could actually augment the relationship, not harm it. And, uh, and that has played out in, this, in the 17 years I've been doing this. Once, once, if you've done the work up front to actually build a relationship before you ask for business, in, in fact, I've, been, I've, been, I've documented everything I've learned in the 17 years of doing this in a book. And, and I actually named the book The Law of Two Favors. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that is because my philosophy is if I want to close business with a certain person, what I do is uh, I reach out to them and I help them meet people and I do significant, two significant favors for them before I say anything about what I need from them because uh, you know, I want the relationship first. And whether they buy from me or not, I want that relationship to uh, last beyond the scope of any one sale. You know, if you do that um, right, yeah, I can give you just hundreds of examples. I, one is I had a relationship with a high-level executive at, Ernst, or at Accenture, and, and, I, and I ended up working on a deal where we had to do some business with some high-level folks at Accenture. I called this guy on his cell phone. He picked up in the middle of the night because he was in Asia, <laughs> but he thought it was me. You know, and I and I told him what we were doing, and he said, "I know exactly who you need to talk to," and he gave me the contact information of this person at Accenture and told me to use his name, and uh, and I called this other person up, and within 24 hours, I had this uh, the founder of Accenture Learning in my office uh, for a conversation. She ended up investing in the company, joining the board, to be able to move that fast. You you know uh, you have to have deep relationships with these people. I mean, so, he would so have never. I need, first, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I would have never had his cell phone number, first of all, uh, if I wasn't his friend. He would have never picked up if he didn't know who it was, uh, calling him in the middle of the night in Asia, um, and likely would have never given the information he gave me. Uh, so. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the ability to leverage those relationships into value. I mean, they're all friends at that point. And so, of course, we help each other. Good. So, so this kind of begs a very natural question. So you're telling me if, if I'm a hit and run kind of person, meaning I'm here, I'm going to get something from you, I'm going to take from you, and I'm going to go away. This is not right. the right formula, right? What no. kind of a um, mindset? does a person need in order to successfully use this method that you've uh, figured out over time? You have to truly believe that, number one, everybody is valuable. And I, and I say that because even though I help 
the most influential people network with each other. Billionaires network with each other. Um, if a salesperson, a junior salesperson right out of college calls me to meet with me, I take that meeting as well. You, you have to intrinsically believe that everybody is valuable, number one. Number two, you have to truly want to have a lasting relationship with these individuals completely outside the bounds of any company you're working with or any company they're working with. One thing I hear from executives a lot is that the salespeople all want to be friends with them until the executive is unemployed. And then they want nothing to do oh. with the executive because uh, there's no value, quote-unquote, uh, yeah, to the yeah, salesperson. Yeah. Uh, I, I see that completely opposite. I mean, you know, that is a tremendous opportunity to serve the executive in a time where they need service. And so uh, I, I spend a lot of time working with executives that are in the job search, uh, helping make introductions and, and uh, making sure that I'm there to help them no matter what. And, uh, and, they, and they tell me that, you know, that that tends to be rare among the people that they, uh, they network with. Um, well, because most so people think transactionally. Yeah, they're, they're transaction focused. And, uh, um, you know, I had one of the very first, the first lunch I had, one of the executives I had never been able to meet that came to that very first lunch was the uh, uh, chief information officer of a company called McData, a big, big company at the time here in Denver. After that, we really got to know each other. He told me about his fiance who was looking for work. Um, I made a few phone calls and actually got her an interview, and she ended up landing the job. And uh, so he invited me to their wedding. And, uh, and oh, I wow. went to their wedding, and we, we became fast friends for years. Uh, he moved around to different companies. He went overseas for a while, came back, was unemployed. I helped him uh, with the job search. You know, I had a number of opportunities to, you know, do transactions with him at the various companies he was at. He always gave me the time, uh, no matter what, and would introduce me to anyone inside the company that, uh, that I needed to meet. Um, I mean, it was a valuable relationship financially, but it was a far more valuable relationship just uh, in terms of the relationship and the friendship. And people don't mind that. I mean, they may know that you're benefiting financially, but you're, you're, you're implying that they don't really care about that. No, because, I mean, we're helping each other. You know, they, they know I've got his back and he's got mine. You know, that's what friendship is. Oh, so in other words, I mean, you're not doing, you're not pawning off something really bad on him. You're looking out for him, and therefore they trust you and right. do the yep. do the uh, do the deal. Um, you know, two things that pop into my mind as I listen to you, Jay, is, you know, let's say I'm a financial wealth advisor. I call you up and say, Jay, I'd love to come to your lunch meeting, and you're directing me to this open lunch meeting you've talked about, right? Right. where I'll meet yep. a whole bunch of people, maybe even other financial advisors, right? Yep. When do you decide that, you know what, this guy is a potential client for me and I can charge him or her to make these introductions? Because I get these calls all the time saying, gee, you know, you know so-and-so, can you please make an introduction? When right. do you decide, how do you decide when you do it for free versus when you do it for a fee? You know, that, that's really... Uh would vary on I mean for me I've decided just to focus on uh, have clients that are uh, that have some sort of a product or service 
that is really incredibly unique and different and solves a large enterprise problem in some disruptive way. And so when I find a company that is like that, um, I'll sit down with them and, and, and we'll work out a deal. But, uh, but even then, I, I structure the deals where I say, hey, let's figure out if we want to work with each other. You know, I'll, I'll do the first one just on a handshake. We don't need to sign contracts or anything like that. Let's figure out, you know, who you want to meet, how I can help you get those meetings. And, uh, and you can kind of see if I can get you the meeting and I can see kind of how you present and I can see what the reaction of the executive is. And, you know, let's walk away from that experience and, and have a discussion and see if it makes sense to work together on an ongoing basis. And, that sounds uh, very nice, but don't you often have people who come in and take advantage of you? No, because I'm picking them. They're not picking me. <laughs> so in other so, words, you don't just accept somebody or their money just because they want to work with you. No. You also vet them. No, I, I mean, I, I also have a reputation and a brand I need to protect. And the executives need to know what I'm calling to say, hey, uh, you need to take a look at this. Um, that it's not going to be a waste of time that I've vetted them, that uh, you know, they, they know that it's going to be a valuable interaction. And so I, I have to use appropriate uh, due diligence and, and caution on the front end to make sure that's the case. You know, here is, here is a very natural question that pops up again. Jay, as I listen to you. You've laid out three steps, which is basically how to build relationships, how to nurture relationships, and how to leverage relationships. And you've laid out many techniques you've used, and you're sharing these things openly. Mm -hmm. So it begs the question, why aren't there thousands and thousands of people doing it all over the world? You know, I often scratch my head and ask that same question. <laughs> it, it works so well for me. Um, and, and I have tried over the years to teach these principles to individuals. I think it takes a certain type of personality to even want to do it and to, and to pull it off, which quite honestly is probably a good thing uh, because it, it makes it uh, that much more valuable an asset for those few individuals that uh, do want to do it and can pull it off. It really uh, helps differentiate you. So I'm kind of okay with not everybody doing it. Um, and, and I know that I can share the principles openly and, uh, and quite honestly, not everyone's going to do it. And so that's okay. <laughs> oh boy, that's funny. That's funny. No, no, but see, it's it's like a lot of things in life. Just because it's obvious and just because it's common sense, neither means that people will do the obvious nor do what is common sense. Correct. You know, it's like you know, Jay. How do you lose weight? You know, eat less, exercise more. <laughs> Everybody in the world knows that. Uh, how come yeah. most people don't? do anything about it. Yeah? No. Yeah. yeah. I think most people still hope for, uh, what did you call it? The theory of random collisions. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's the uh, path of least resistance. You know, I'm just going to show up at somebody else's networking event and cross my fingers. Um, so that people is definitely do what's the, the easy easiest path. for them to do. Yes. They don't want to do the work. Right. Well, Jay, you know, we, we must uh, tell the listeners that, uh, we will put on several workshops across the country over time to teach people how to network like Jay. Maybe we'll call it that, network like Jay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. I'll enjoy yeah. those conversations. 
So, so the key messages, uh, Jay, as I listen to you from this podcast, are threefold for me. One is, ask yourself who you want to network with, not which networking meeting you should attend, because right. you'll end up with the theory of what are that random collisions, right? Yes. <laughs> Two is, nurture the relationship you have, or they will end up remaining acquaintances, or ones that you can never leverage. Yep. Because many of us have, like, I have so many thousand LinkedIn contacts. Who cares? You know, none of them will even take your call, right? Yep. Third thing is given a relationship in order to build it, uh, there are many people who are simply takers. Um, right. That's a quick path to killing a relationship. That's true. Um, Jay, uh, many, any, any words of parting wisdom for the uh, listeners? You have spoken to hundreds of CEOs over the years. You have networked with thousands by now. What are a couple of things that really pop out in your mind? You know, the, uh, we didn't talk a lot about managing your existing network, but uh, I, I often tell people, you know, even if you never go to another networking event, you know so many people already through previous companies, through uh, uh, business dealings. If you just built a good process around managing your existing network and helping them meet each other and nurturing those relationships, Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have so much networking leverage that you may not need to meet new people. And uh, uh, there are just, I mean, that is probably the thing that uh, people do worst is really pay attention to who do they already know, who have they already spent time uh, meeting and, uh, and nurturing those relationships over time. Gee, I'd um, be failing you know, if I didn't ask you, what is the process for that? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, my process is uh, helping them meet each other. So in my open networking lunch, um, I, I've got 13,000 contacts in my phone. I'll give uh, a few pages of those uh, every month to my admin and highlight the people I haven't seen in a while. And my admin calls them up and says, hey, Jay's having a lunch with a group of other executives. He'd love to have you join him. He wants to introduce you to them and also catch up with you and, uh, and update you on what he's doing. You know, could you break away and join him? And, uh, and so I might have 40 people show up at my open networking lunch. Some of them are people who have called me during the month saying, hey, I want to grab coffee or lunch. And then the other half wow. are people in my existing network that I haven't spoken to in a while that uh, I catch up with and find out what they're doing and how I can help them and, and update them on what I'm up to and see how they can help me. You know, there's, there's a number of different processes you can use. I even do a LinkedIn lunch. You mentioned LinkedIn. Occasionally, I will pick 50 people in my local LinkedIn network that I've never met, and, uh, and I'll send them all a message saying, I'm connected to many influential people on LinkedIn. I've chosen 50 of those influential people that I've never met to join me for lunch to meet each other and so I can meet them. Here's when we're doing it. I'd love to have you join us. And I'll, I'll get better than 50% uh, acceptance rate. You know, I'll, I'll have really? 25 of them show up for lunch wow. because they've never, no one's ever done that on LinkedIn said, hey, I'm getting a LinkedIn group together for lunch. Come join us. And uh, again, wow. it addresses that issue that executives have of, I don't know who I need to know, and even if I had that list, I don't know how to meet them. So again, you're, you're kind of feeding on that problem and helping address it for a large group. You, you, you make a very interesting point. About, a, about three weeks ago, I had this thing that you know, MIT alums don't do a whole lot with each other. They all yep. go off into their own little shell. 
uh, you know, maybe it's more of the engineering and scientific mindset. You know, it's also true for the Sloan guys. So I put a little post, one paragraph saying, MIT alums don't network enough with other MIT alums and don't help each other. You'd be amazed at how many people went and read that and liked it. I had over 250 new connections in the last three or four weeks. <laughs> yeah, from all you should over have the said, world. So we've decided to. Ha- yeah, so we're having lunches all over the place. Uh, pick one and come join us. Um, you know what? I, I I'm going to do it all. They would all love to meet each other. You know, nobody's just being that personal networking assistant to pull it together for them. Absolutely. Gee, I've got to ask you this one question. What is one thing that you've heard or learned, you know, maybe when you were young, your father, mother, uh, that's guiding your professional life today, something, something that's compelling, that sticks out in your head every day? You know, it's, it's the thing I mentioned earlier that um, everybody has value. You know, I grew up in a home where we always had uh, someone living with us, <laughs> you know, someone that my mom met on the uh, bus to work that was down on their luck, um, you know, that was having Thanksgiving dinner with us or uh, staying at our house for a couple months till they got on their feet. You know, the, the, whole, uh, the whole thought that everyone has value and, uh, and, and that we need to recognize that value and, and serve. Um, has been the undergirding principle of everything I do. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's very, very good advice. Jim, many thanks for taking time to come on uh, Business Thinking uh, Radio. Obviously, I, enjoyed, I enjoy all of our discussions, particularly this one, and I look forward to having you back well before you become the most networked guy in the United States. Sounds great, Ram. It was great talking to you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Business Thinking Radio. If you'd like to comment on this episode, please send an email to businessthinkingradio at businessthinking.com. This is Ram Ayer signing off. Thank you for listening to the Ram Ayer Podcast. Every week, we bring you the thought-provoking and practical conversations to help you become better, smarter, and more successful, helping you achieve your personal greatness. All from the perch of Ram Ayer, the thought leader, author, keynote speaker, workshop leader, and mentor. If you want to comment on this episode, please email us at podcasts at mitramaya.com. If you want to listen to previous episodes, please visit www.mitramaya.com forward slash podcasts. Or find the Ram Ayer podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever fine podcasts are uploaded.